God, thank you for this, this opportunity to come and just to speak and, and, and teach truth, God. I pray for tonight as we, we dig into your word and we see the stories of, uh, of people who, uh, who were just challenged by your word and who, uh, who had a, a chance encounter with you, God, and people who may not be um, at the forefront of minds and... and, and who the, the culture wanted to uh, to be followers of Jesus, God. But thank you that because of that, we have a chance just to um, to be one of your followers, God. Just pray for tonight. Um, pray as we dig in, we just see the importance of reaching um, everybody with the gospel, God. Give my pray. Amen. All right, so we are on week two of Pass It On. Uh, we're talking about passing on some pretty important messages to others and how those messages can sometimes get a little bit jumbled when we say things. In your life, you may know what it's like to mis- miscommunicate. Sometimes we misunderstand each other. Uh, we leave out or we miss important information. Uh, we forget to deliver an important message or we never get the message somebody else was supposed to deliver, right? When I was in high school, I guess it was, I guess it may have been in high school, uh, either freshman or, or eighth grade or freshman, one of those two. Um, my dad was our architect drafting class teacher. And so I made it to state one year, and so the state competition was uh, in Waco. And so we're getting ready to go, and a couple years before that, one of my good friends moved to Waco. His dad was a Texas Ranger, got put back on assignment in Waco. And so uh, I'm like, hey, this, remember, this is before cell phones. I know you guys don't understand what that life is like, but that's what it was, okay? We didn't have cell phones, but we communicated before we went down. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be in Waco. I'd love to see you. He's like, yeah, let's do that. Um, we're there, and I'm like, and I get, and we're in the hotel room. I call him. I said, "Hey, uh, we're all going to the movies. Everybody that made this competition, we're going to go to the movies. Um, do you want to meet up? Sure, yeah." Well, and so I'm like, "Okay, well, let's see. Let's call Movie Phone and see what's playing because that's what you had to do." So I found out. Uh, I don't even remember. Like, so I, we chose The Matrix, which is rated R, and so nobody else can get in but me because my dad was a teacher and bought me a ticket. My friend is going to meet me. I'm like, "Okay, cool. We'll watch Matrix." I don't know what everybody else watched. I couldn't care less. And so we get there. It's at the mall. So, you know, we're going to watch the movie. Then we're going to go hang out and walk around the mall, whatever. Get to the movie theater. Get my stuff. Go in sit down. And he's not in there. I'm like, okay, that's, this is cool. This is fine. It's still a bit of time. Movie starts. He's not in there. And not only is he not in there, like, there's nobody else in the theater, like, but me. Like, there ain't nobody else. Movie's halfway over. I'm like, I guess he's not coming. So I decided just to move around and kind of see which was going to be the best seats. It was the weirdest experience, just being the only person in the theater without anybody else. You know, so I can't call him because, again, there's no cell phones. And so I'm just like, okay, that's fine. Maybe, he'll meet, maybe he's running late. Maybe he'll just meet me outside in the mall after the movie. No, you never showed up. And so there was, you know, because of, I didn't have the crucial information of, hey, I can't make it. I was like an idiot in a movie theater by myself and didn't have anybody else to hang out with the rest of the night while everybody else was watching their movie and then hanging out together afterwards. So it was just me being the loser like I always have been by myself. And that's kind of the story of my life. Uh, some people might argue. But it doesn't feel great to miss out on hearing important news because it would have been nice if you would have been like, hey, I'm not, I can't make it. Then I would have been like, okay, cool. I'll go with everybody else and participate with everybody else and do what they're doing, right? But depending on the situation, it can feel frustrating or lonely or hurtful. Um, it can make you feel excluded. Even if that wasn't people's intentions, right? We've all had moments where we felt excluded. 
Uh, we've all noticed when somebody else is being excluded sometimes, we kind of see them sitting off and we just kind of like, I'm going to leave them over there. Maybe you're the person who often feels overlooked uh, or feel left out. Maybe sometimes like excluding certain people because it makes you feel better about yourself because that's what we do sometimes. Or maybe you left someone out before, not because you wanted to be mean, because maybe you were shy or maybe you weren't sure how they were going to take the invitation to whatever it is you were doing. Or maybe you knew that well, somebody in your friend group didn't really like this person, so you didn't want to invite them to make your other friend mad or whatever. But today we're going to talk about some important messages that Jesus invites us to pass on to other people. But as we do, I want to think about uh, these questions. like, Who do you have a hard time including in your circle of friends? Have you ever left anybody out because you had a disagreement with them? Maybe you had a little fight and you're like, I'm, I don't want to talk to them. Uh, how might people sometimes feel excluded by followers of Jesus? So as we do our stuff tonight, I want you guys just to listen or to think of those questions and, and what that means for you. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 10. This is just one chapter over from where we were last week. Um, I had a video to play with this portion of Scripture, but it's not going to work. I mean, we can all turn back and look and that little bitty TV boy back in the back corner, I guess. I could. No. No. Maybe a different day. Maybe not. All right. But you might think feeling left out or excluded is something only young people have to deal with. But the truth is we all have the tendency to feel left out and to leave other people out. Again, sometimes unintentionally and sometimes intentionally we leave people out. In the earliest followers, Jesus struggled with this. Like I said last week, Jesus gave all of his followers a challenge to share the good news with everybody. And then remember, again, the good news is that Jesus came to rescue us from sin and death and give us new life in him. That's the good news. And that good news, it's truly worth spreading. It's the best news you're going to ever hear in your life, and it's truly worth spreading. That's why Jesus told us to share with every, share it everywhere, all over the world. Because Jesus' love and grace has always been for everybody. He wants everybody to be included. But when people first started following Jesus, this message kind of got a little lost in what they were trying to do. So I want to just introduce you to a guy named Peter. Most of you guys, if you grew up in church, you know who Peter was. He was one of the disciples. Some people may view Peter as, uh, you know, he's one of the three innermost friends of Jesus, maybe even the leader of those three. Um, and Peter was the first disciple to truly recognize and say out loud who Jesus was. He was one of the first disciples to discover Jesus had risen from the dead. And he's one of the most important leaders of the early church here. And once when he preached, thousands of people came to know Jesus for the first time. You can read that over in Acts chapter 2. But at some point, Peter got a little confused about Jesus' good news. Instead of sharing it with everyone, he mostly just shared it with people who were just like him, Jewish people. That is kind of until God almost kind of called him out. Uh, in, in Acts chapter 10, I'm not going to read all of it, uh, but in Acts 10, starting in verse 9, you kind of see this story where Peter has this vision of this blanket coming down out of heaven with all these kind of animals on it. And he's, Peter's having this conversation with God. It's like, hey, God's like, yeah, I want you to eat of this food. And Peter's like, I'm, I'm, I've never eaten anything unclean. You know, those animals you have, the pigs and things, those are unclean animals. I've never eaten one. I can't do that. And God was like, what? Don't, don't call 
unclean what I've called clean, and then that's pretty much the end of this vision. And so after that, this guy named Cornelius, this Roman man, called for Peter. He had this vision from an angel. said, hey, call for this guy named Peter. So he came Peter to this Roman man's house, which is not something a, Roman, I mean, a Jewish person would do because they were you know, very ritualistic and trying to be pure, so they would not enter into a Roman's house because it would defile who they were and defile them as they walked in. And he went to go reach and to preach the good news to this guy named Cornelius. And if we go to verse 34. It says, So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation everyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preach good news, preach good news of, Jesus, of peace through Christ Jesus. He is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us have been chosen by God as witnesses who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. We go over to chapter 11. Go to Acts eleven seventeen. Acts eleven seventeen and 18. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. So this may sound like a weird story, but this guy seeing this dream of a blanket with animals and going to teach and, and share the gospel with some Roman man. I want, I want to make sure you guys understand the point that's happening here. God told Peter in a dream that the good news of Jesus wasn't simply for people like him. It wasn't simply for Jewish people. It was for everybody. Peter grew up Jewish, just like Jesus did. So if you were a Jewish person, there were a lot of Jewish laws that you were supposed to follow in order to be pure or clean before God. A lot of those laws had to do with, with food and the things that you ate. So Jewish people didn't eat certain foods out of respect for God, but non-Jewish people, that'd be us, the Gentiles, did eat those foods and saw nothing wrong with it, like bacon and lobster, which is good stuff. But this made things difficult when, when Jewish and non-Jewish people try to hang out. Because dinners were tense. You can imagine people saying, hey, what you're eating is, is God has said is, is unclean. You can't be eating that. And other people are like, God didn't tell me that. And so you can kind of see there would be some conflict over these things. And so they, they had these little arguments. So the Jewish Christians, like Peter, simply didn't eat with non-Jewish Gentiles. They're like, to, to avoid that hostility and that argument and the conflict, I'm just not even going to be around those people. You know, I'm, I'm not going to give them my time. But as God showed Peter, the Jewish followers of Jesus were excluding a whole group of people who were super important to God. Because even if you, if you know much about the temple and the way it was structured, there's even such a, a place in the temple called um, the Court of Gentiles, where Gentiles who believed in, in the Jewish God can go to the temple. 
So the, you know, you've always had that as part of this, this setup of, of the temple and the temple worship that Gentiles were allowed to go at least a part of it. But then Peter this whole time was like, they, they, don't, they don't deserve the same kind of good news that, that we've been given. He got in, but God didn't tell Peter he was wrong for wanting to respect God with his religious practices. Instead, I think God was letting Peter know that people hearing the good news of Jesus was more important than maybe some of Peter's religious customs and that everybody had this chance to hear the gospel. And he, you know, Paul later on said, I've become all things to all people. And he said, I'm going to do whatever it takes to reach the people. This message would have been pretty unexpected to Peter, that uh, the hearing of good news of Jesus was more important than these religious customs. After all, he thought, he thought he'd been doing, what he'd been doing was pleasing to God, because this is what God said, right, in the Torah, in the Old Testament. This is, how, this is what you're going to do. So he was like, God, I'm, ple- I'm doing what I'm doing is, is what you told me to do. And so you can kind of understand how he'd be, kind of, that would be unexpected news. But even Peter would be reminded the good news of Jesus is meant for everybody, even people that we might not expect. Because we may have some people in our lives that we're like, man, I don't want to know, I don't know if I want to see them in heaven with me. You know, there may be some difficult people, some hard people, people we don't like. Right? And we're like, man, they don't, we may not say that, we may not quite think it that way, but we're like, I hope, I hope they don't, you know, I hope Jesus doesn't get a hold of their life or something, which may sound horribly mean. I mean, you may not say that, you may not think it that way. But I guess by our actions, or I guess our, our lack of action, our inaction, shows them that's what we're thinking. That if they truly matter, or they, you know, if they, we truly believe the gospel is for everybody, we would share that gospel with everybody. Turn over to Luke seven thirty six. But this, this, this concept of, of the good news of Jesus is for everybody, it's not, it shouldn't surprise us. Jesus made it a habit to include unexpected people all the time. Instead of just hanging out with religious people, powerful people, wealthy or influential people, Jesus chose to focus his time on sick people. Even people who had leprosy, who the rest of the people like steered clear from, they had to live together on their own. And then when they walked somewhere, they had to yell out, unclean, unclean, so nobody would even come really close to them. That's who he spent time with. Poor people, marginalized people. They asked him over and over, why do you eat with sinners? That's the kind of people he, he's hung around with. Luke seven thirty six. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at a table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now the Pharisees who had invited him saw this. He said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who was touching him, for she's a sinner. Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, Say it, teacher. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, The one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, You have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Remember, they had servants would come and, and wash their feet since they 
walked and, and wore sandals. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So this woman did not have a great reputation in her community, yet she was recognized. She recognized who Jesus was and wanted to honor him with what she, what she had, which was her hair and some very expensive perfume. And these religious men in the room could not believe that Jesus would forgive the sins of this woman. They looked down at her for reputation. They looked at her for her sins that she is beyond saving. She is beyond grace. What she has done in her life, there is no coming back from. That's what they said. They missed the point that although she didn't feel worthy, she recognized Jesus was worth what she had. And of course, a whole lot more than that. So Jesus included her, despite the arrogant religious leaders of the day who were sitting at the table with him. He saw her and, and, and showed her that she had worth. Over and over again, the religious leaders of Jesus' day had to be reminded that God's love and forgiveness is meant for everybody. Even people they might not expect. But I don't mean to make Peter or those religious leaders sound like the enemy. The truth is, we're a lot like them. You know, I've read scripture, read stories. I've seen the old, read the Old Testament where God would make a covenant and said, hey, I'll, I will uphold my deal if you uphold your end of the bargain, your covenant. And they're like, yeah, we'll do it. And then, you know, almost seemingly, almost minutes later, they didn't. God would send a judge. They would come back and they would fall away. And that's the roller coaster. And I read it and I'm like, Man, those people are stupid. Where I received the disciples and who walked with Jesus day in and day out for three years. And they were like, Peter's like, I don't even know who that guy is. I'm like, man, what an idiot. And if I actually sit and think long enough, I'm like, I'm that idiot. I, I, I would and I'd do the exact same thing. I'm not saying I'm better than these religious leaders. I'm not saying I'm better than Peter because... The truth is, we're, like I said, I'm a lot like these guys. Whether someone's culture or background or, or religious practices, a bad reputation or past mistakes, we all have a tendency to make judgments and to exclude people. Like, man, they're just they're weird. I don't, I don't, I don't really want them to be part of this circle I'm, I'm hanging out with just because they're, they're weird. Or they're the junior high boys, they smell funny or whatever. No, we, have, we have these things where... We have these, these tendencies to judge people before we truly know who they are. We think we can choose who should belong based on our opinions and our preferences, but Jesus shows that anybody from any background is welcome at his table. I need you to smile because that means that's you and me. Because while you might think you're hot stuff, you're probably not really all that hot in your own eyes or in, in reality. Jesus didn't tell us just to pass on the good news to people we like or who look like us, who act just like us. He asked us instead to pass on the good news to unexpected people. 
Because Jesus' good news of love and forgiveness and salvation and new life, it includes everybody because he wants everybody to know him. Everybody's invited. How many guys, when you had birthday parties as a kid, you, kind of, you know, when, as little kids, when you're like, you know, five or six, you know, it's, it's, not, it's, it's cool and all your friends are there and you get a bit older, you may not be friends with everybody in your class, but your mom makes you invite everybody anyways. And you're like mad at your mom because she invited everybody. Like, I don't, I don't want you to give to that person because they're weird. I don't want them to come to my birthday party. You know, we have, we, as you get older, you kind of have your, your circle of friends kind of gets a little bit smaller. So maybe you wouldn't be as excited. You might still be okay with everybody being invited, but maybe you're not quite as excited. But the truth is, everybody is invited to sit at God's table. A lot of Jesus' followers will say they believe that's true. But like Peter, we sometimes start to put rules in place. Or like the religious leaders decide some people are exceptions to the whole everybody's invited rule. Well, everybody's invited, but, but those people. Everybody's invited, but Muslims. They, they're, they don't deserve it. Or whatever, you know, insert whatever group or insert whoever. Everybody's invited, but that's not what it's, that's not what Jesus says. He says, everybody's invited at my table. But like God reminded Peter, knowing Jesus is less about following lots of little rules and more about focusing on the things that really matter. There's no need to try to work for Jesus to love you. Because he does already. Stop trying to do so much and trying to live in certain ways that standards that maybe you're trying to set that you think you have to be for people to love you, for God to love you, because he already does love you. Does that mean you keep making mistakes and keep sinning? No, that's, that's cheaper than God's grace. But just rest for a little while knowing that Jesus does in fact love you, and he already does. And like Jesus reminded the religious leaders, you don't need to have everything together in order to come to God. Please smile because none of us in here have it together. Me, okay, I'm talking about me. We, none of us in here have it together. Don't be like, man, I'm a teenager now, I'm going I'm to go to college in a few years, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live my best life, Gildo, I'm going to do whatever I want. That, that's always a stupid, I hate that, whatever. But I'm going to do whatever I want, I can do what I want, I'm going to live how I want. And when I'm older, when I have things figured out, when I have kids, then I'll, I'll give this Jesus, I'll give him another, another chance. When I have it figured out, when I'm more mature, which is crazy. You read the Bible and story after story of young people. I mean, look at the stories of, of Daniel and his friends. They weren't much older than you guys. A lot of the disciples, I mean, there's a few probably a little bit older, but the way disciples were with teachers, they were, Jesus was almost like a youth pastor. They were all pretty young people. Maybe a young adult pastor. But they were all pretty young so don't wait, don't think like, I got to wait until I have it figured out. I got to wait till I'm more mature. I got to wait till I do this, this, or this in order to give this Jesus guy a chance. Jesus loves you exactly as you are, no matter your reputation, past mistakes, or current struggles. But the thing is, he loves you too much to leave you there. He wants to bring you a little bit closer to him. He wants, he loves you where you are, but he wants to love you out of that and into a deeper walk with him. You're invited to know to be near Jesus. So being included by the God of the universe, that's kind of mind 
blowing. It's kind of a big deal. But it can be kind of hard for us to grasp. It might help the first thing about the times when you felt included by ordinary people. We probably all know firsthand how it feels to be left out. But you might also know how it feels to be included. Whether it's a moment when you felt friendless, or overlooked, or judged, or not liked. Just think about a time when someone made you feel welcomed, made you feel loved. We all know how powerful it is when somebody chooses to include us. But why do we fail to give that same kindness to other people when they're not being included? I think we we can all agree that being included can make the difference in our mood and how we feel about ourselves, how we view the world, maybe even how we view God. It can be hard to believe Jesus wants to include you when it seems like Jesus' followers don't want to include you. That's why Jesus' challenge to include everybody matters. This doesn't mean you have to include everybody all the time. It doesn't mean you can't have boundaries or a small group of close friends. It just means that you have the opportunity to look outside your immediate circle of friends and to be aware of the people who are hurting because they've been left out. Including others who've been excluded is something everybody can do. Each one of you guys can include other people who are on the outside looking in. You know, are they people who are looking for a friend or are they easy to judge because of their reputation or their mistakes or are they hard to like for one reason or another? Are they hard to understand? Are they coming from a different background or culture or situation than you? Because God calls us to share the good news of Jesus with unexpected people, even people we find difficult to love or to accept. But sharing God's love with someone is hard when you don't actually know or like them first. So reach out to someone unexpected this week. It reminds you that God loves everybody, even the people who you find it hard to love. It'll give you a chance to share the good news of Jesus through kindness and through friendship. It might even give you a chance to share the good news of Jesus with your words as well. It's up to you to decide who's ready or who's worthy to hear about God's love. It's up to God. But you can pass on the good news to unexpected people. Last week, we started the Pass It On Challenge. We were challenged to listen to someone's story. Uh, I told you guys, you can ask people in your life. You could, the I Am Second videos are quick, short videos you guys can watch on YouTube if you don't want to talk to a human being. Um... Hopefully you guys did that. I'm not going to ask. Um, hopefully you did. Hopefully you asked somebody their story and you listened to their story. Because the stories are, are beautiful and they're remarkable. So hopefully, hopefully you guys, if you didn't do it this week, you know, do, it, do it this next week. The truth is everybody has a story. Even if you're not totally sure of what you believe yet, you still have a faith story to tell. Your story is unique and compelling, and exciting, and interesting, even if you don't think it is. Like I said, my story, I grew up in church, and I've always done church, and been God's always been a part of my life since I can remember. It's not like those big, exciting, I killed a man, and God saved me kind of stories. Huh? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, while those are incredible, you know, big, redeeming stories, my story is still beautiful, right? You, some of you guys, most of you guys probably have a similar story to mine. You grew up in church, you've been part of church. It's still interesting and beautiful, even if you don't think it is. So what is your story? Uh, I have some things. If you guys could just take one and pass it to...
to somebody around you. I am sweating. These, these questions, ideas, fill in the blanks, they're going to help you figure out where you've been, where you're going, and how God has been showing up along the way. You can practice telling your story in any way you like. If you like to write, write. If you'd like to draw or paint or make videos, then do those things. If you want to record a voice memo of yourself, talking things out, great, whatever. Anything goes. The point of this week, of the second week of uh, Pass It On Challenge, is for you to start figuring out how to tell your story in a way that's unique and personal to you. So last week was to listen to somebody. I gave you guys some questions on some things to think about while you listen to their story. These are things to help you kind of work through your life and answer some questions. And then next week be, all right, share your story. You'll take what you learned here and you'll share your story next week. So then this next week, for work on your story, kind of see what's going on. Um, got it? Right, I'm going to pray and then we'll, uh, we'll split up. That's not, may we just see the importance of our story that, um, even if it's a story that's, or just grew up in church, we've always been involved, even though that's not always the most exciting, eye-catching stories. God, they're still beautiful and they're still our stories. May they see how really great that is. I pray for the small group time. pray that continues to dig into uh, your word is to ask questions. Got to pray for these students as they have uh, these papers. They take, they take them home. They don't just leave them on their chairs. They take them home and they see the importance of, of working through their story and just kind of taking the time just to pause and reflect and just be thankful of, of where they've been and what you've done in their life, God. May this just be a callous and a way for them just to work through those things, God. In my pray. Amen. Uh, let's see. What do you want to do? Two, three groups? You got five adults? Three groups. Bless you. We can do about five or six per group. So that's ticker. That's Bless you. One of my favorite YouTube gamers said that when I'm ready to save something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like on GTA 5 when you're sitting in You can buy that shirt. A shirt that says Not Today, Satan. And it, from it, Cool it, Carl. And um, but his name is Grace. Still plays as a YouTuber. Nice. All right, get your group, girl. <laughs>